Canucks Central Tuesday. It's Dan Richo and Sati Arshaw here on the eve of the regular season. We're in the Kintech studio. Kintech Footwear and Orthotics, Canada's favorite orthotics provider, supported by over 2,500 five star Google reviews. Find your perfect fit at Kintech.net. You want to be a part of the show? 650, 650 on the Dunbar Lumber text message inbox. If you're listening live, send through a comment. Part of the conversation you are to join in here on the eve of the, I should make a correction, the eve of the Canucks beginning the regular season. Because as we sit here right now in the Kintech studio, the Tampa Bay Lightning and Nashville Predators are playing the hockey. It's great watching hockey, man. Like real hockey, though. I, I, yeah, 100%. Like well, even ho- preseason hockey. But then it's like, no, now no, no, I no, want no. real hockey. This is real hockey. And I'm excited this <laughs> evening. You know what I get to do when I get home tonight? Watch hockey. Watch hockey. Yep. You know, like watching the Knights, the Golden Knights and Seattle Kraken. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've been this excited to watch a Golden Knights-Seattle Kraken game. I never thought I'd be this excited. Because, <laughs> like, you know, one thing I get so bored of is, not, at least there was a football game on last night. But, yes. like, I get so bored of having the Knights where it's like, there's no sports you're watching. Now oh, I'll watch some baseball. I guess I'll watch Love is Blind. Yeah. I say, no, man. Good. <laughs> now we just figured out Sat watches Love is Blind. No, I actually don't. Well, you said yeah. yeah. So, Well, I, I get what you mean, yeah. <laughs> but no. I know. No one's going to judge you. It's no, okay. I mean, I, I have no issues with admitting to what to watch. Like, I mean, all those shows, they seem to do really well because they're on like their eighth or ninth season each, right? Yeah. It's like Love is Blind, Too Hot to Handle. We can put those all on the back burner <laughs> now that the uh, hockey season is back. Yeah, there's another sh- I saw. Instead of starting a show, I'm not going to finish. <laughs> That's true, too. Yeah. I've done that before. Uh, hello, Yellowstone. Uh, all right. It's uh, the eve of the regular season, and we spent the entire preseason trying to figure out or sort of admiring or at least appreciating that things had been mostly quiet for the Vancouver Canucks in comparison to years past in the preseason, whether it was the Travis Hamannick thing a couple of years ago, Boudreaux last year, Horvat's contract, all of those things. There wasn't any of those distractions to start this season. But it's Vancouver, so, you know, eventually some things are going to pop up, and here we are. The Canucks are in tough with their injury woes to start the season. It's created all kinds of cap issues for them. They've got a flu bug going around the room just as they're trying to get off to a better start than they have in the last couple of years. Connor Garland wants out, and that just has to come out on the eve of them playing their first regular season game. And... This one to a lesser extent because it's been a conversation over the entire summer, but the Pedersen negotiation thing became more front burner again yesterday because of Elliot Friedman. Yeah. So all of a Sorry, sudden, I love Fridge. I didn't mean to call him out yeah, like that, no, but he legitimately started that fire on his own. Yeah, I mean, hey, he's, he's doing his job, right? Yes. I mean, that, that's what he's doing. And, and I get it. And the Pedersen thing, and I heard Elliot on Merrick yeah. and Friedman, you know, on the Jeff Merrick show, kind of saying, hey, it kind of got a life of its own. And yes. It's not that serious. Like, there's two years of control here. Like, everyone needs to cool their jets a little bit on the whole, you know, Pedersen, Pedersen thing a little bit. But 
I mean, I could talk you down. I could talk you off the ledge on the injuries. I could talk you off the ledge on the flu uh, bug. The flu bug. I mean, things happen, right? Injuries happen. You know, sickness happens. These are things yep. you deal with. It's early in the season. They've had a couple of days. Like you'll be okay. Right? Exactly. They had five guys playing defensive practice today. It's okay. That's less than the like you know required amount. But you know, well, not required, but. but you know what? Yeah, I get it. They're not going to play with five it's defensemen. Less, it's yeah. less than the amount you would like to have to start a hockey game. But guess what? They're, they are going to have six defensemen when they face yeah, the Oilers. Okay, they're right. going to have six defensemen. It's going to be okay. You know? It's and, not like my beer league team on uh, on Sunday night that you know we had to forfeit because we didn't have a goalie. <laughs> That's not great. <laughs> like, Well, you can play out the first period, but you'll default after that. All right, let's play the first period. Let's I, I didn't come all the way here not to play. <laughs> Give me 20 minutes. I get it. You want to? You need to get out there and play. So that I, won't happen to the Canucks. That's not, what you're telling yes, me? Yes, they'll okay, be fine. Good. Don't worry about that. I'm not worried about that. The cap stuff, yeah, you have to maximize LTIR, right? Yes. They'll bring guys up tomorrow, most likely, maybe Hirose or whatever. It's going to be okay. It'll be fine. And they're you not know, the it, only non-playoff team from last year with uh, with zero cap space to start the season. Yeah, so. I mean, there's a lot of teams going through this early on. And, and it gets easier once you get through the first day. Like They're going to be able to make some recalls and juggle their roster a little bit. They'll, they'll have some more flexibility here. It, that That's going to be just fine, right? But the Garland thing just gets me, man. Like, it just gets me. Like, it's 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 like... Well, you're not the only one, apparently. But. No, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, the coach spent so much time, and, and the team released a video of his address to the team at training camp, and, yeah. he, and he spoke about the pillars. One of the things he spoke so passionately about was playing for the crest. Mm-hmm. And how it's like we're going to buy in together, be here, be a t- be here as a team together, and we're looking to move forward, and, and we're all very motivated for the season. And then on the eve, on the Canucks starting their new season, one player was like, "Yeah, I want out." He clearly doesn't <laughs> want to play for the Crest. He clearly is not believing in it. I don't care what he says to the media. I don't yeah. care what he said today about, "Hey, I, I'm focused on hockey or whatever." My agent's taking care of it. Repeated the same answer. Clearly, you don't want to be here. Clearly, it's become an issue on the eve of the season. And hey, you can change agents. That's fine. You do your thing, and you have your right. The team's been trying to trade you, right? You have your right to ask for a trade. All good. But I just find it really funny that this is the timing of it. It just comes off as very selfish. Now, maybe it wasn't how he intended some stuff. Sometimes th- things get out. But it comes off as like, I want to make this about me right before the season starts when the whole team's mantra is, we're playing for the crest. We're trying to take a step forward. I would imagine nobody wanted this to get out and be public. I mean, in an ideal situation. Yeah. It's not like, heck, you can go back and listen to Canucks Central from February 20th, 2023 or something. And we probably mentioned that Connor Garland is not long for the Vancouver Canucks, that they would like to trade him or pick any other day during the regular season last year or after Jim Rutherford came in as president of Hockey Ops with this team and realize, okay, there's already trade rumors swirling around this player. So it's not really new, but... We're at the place that you get to when it becomes a last resort that the player wants out and they say to their agent, and it's a new agent for Connor Garland in this scenario, find me a trade. Yeah. Because I feel like the team isn't trying to find me a trade. Like what? That's the part I don't understand here. Did you think the team wasn't trying to find a trade? All we've been talking about is Connor Garland trade rumors. We see your contract. We see the amount of cap space in the league. It's a very difficult trade for someone to make. So it's time to keep it quiet. Just play hockey and know that if you play well, it probably works itself out in the future. And that's where I'm on board with you, Sad. And this seems very selfish in all the timing right now. Yeah. And listen, 
clearly, you know, I know others have mentioned it was obvious that the team was looking to move him. Now, this request may have come earlier as well, so it's not like it's anything new that's in front of him. He changes agents. The new agent goes and knocks on doors and sees if, if anybody's interested. But you're right. When it gets to this point, when the team permi- gives the agent permission, it usually means, listen, we're trying. Yeah. It's not happening. You think you can do a better job? Go ahead. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, we saw it happen with Brock Besser last year. It and feels like every year there's a Canuck with a bad contract that's like, I'm going to try and get my agent to figure a way out of here. And then what happened with Brock Besser? He had to rescind his trade request. Right. And then what did he say afterwards? Afterwards, <laughs> I want to be in Vancouver. Yeah. It was pretty humbling. Yeah. You know, you ask for a trade, you go and ask around. and You tell your agent, figure it out, I want out. The agent was on like a when on a bunch of different shows he was with very Besser, yeah. with Besser and he was very public about the the trade request and looking yeah. and make something happen and thinking there are suitors I mean this is during the season his agents out there talking publicly about looking for for a new home for his client clearly nobody was interested enough to come knocking and 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 guess what if a team wants this player they contact Patrick Alvin they usually contact the team not the agent and I'm I'm sure if somebody wants him they'll go knock on the door and try to get him but it's just it's one of those things where it's about the team being together. And I like what Yannick had to say about this today as well. Yeah, let's play that because it's just nice to hear a former player's perspective and maybe what could be happening around Connor Garland in the Canucks room as, you know, this story breaks out today. That's a negative situation every step of the way. Um, you're just, I just mentioned you're about to start. You're about to put your team in the right direction, and this is a guy who doesn't want to be here. Like you, you hate to see it, man. Get him out of there as fast as possible, any way possible. You don't want to be a part of the, the solution, and then you're the problem. Um, and again, I've I've liked Connor Garland. I, I like what he brings. He's energetic. He. He, he drives possession. He does not finish on all his chances, but but he, he, you can see the effort is there. Sometimes he cheats a little bit offensively, but uh, a lot of the guys are are guilty of that. But but this is uh, this is putting me before myself, before the team. Um, and again, I don't know if this has going, been going on all summer, and it was from last year he wanted out. And if that's the case, like then shame on management for not moving him or trying to get something done but if this is something he drops now like i was just browsing over um cap friendly and then his cap hit like who's gonna take him uh it's it's hard to get rid of these guys the day before the season when everybody's fighting to get under the cap nobody has four and a half five million in cap space lying around unless you're willing to pony up and now we're talking about player for player trade well this is a player who wants out you're, you're not going to get equal value so yeah you're right off the bat you, you you're putting your, your teammates in a in a bad position and you're again looking out for number one which uh, i get to a certain point but but like i said if this has been going on for four months fair enough um but but if it's if it's new then yeah shame on him there is uh, Yannick Hansen from earlier today on The People's Show. He's back uh, doing his regular hits Tuesdays with The People's Show, and Friday he'll hear, be here with us on uh, Canuck Central. And, again, doesn't pull any punches on uh, how he feels about this story coming public today. And, you know, it's it's just it's not ideal. You wanted a quieter Canucks preseason. You wanted a fresher start to the new season. And here this is popping up when realistically we've known Connor Garland's been on the trade block for 
18 months, 12 months at the very least with the Vancouver Canucks? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've heard the rumors out there about him being available. We heard that at the draft that the team was looking yeah. to make different moves with him and even considered potentially moving down in the draft to offload his contract. Nothing ever came of that. But the rumors that we kept hearing about Garland was that the interest is very minimal and the teams that had any interest wanted Vancouver to retain salary. I know yeah. what CJ had a report on this today. What did he yep. say about it? Chris Johnson mentioned the Canucks know they would have to retain salary to get a Garland deal done. And that's kind of been the rumor for a while. It's either yep. retain salary or take back something pretty onerous or something not great. And again, he's owed $17 million over the next three years. Yeah. $17 million in cash. I know it's a $5 million cap hit. I mentioned this on Twitter. I've mentioned this on the show before. Four forwards in free agency got more than $17 million this year. Four. That's very few. Yeah. So it's like, who? nobody's coming knocking on the door to get Garland for that amount of money. You're not no. getting an asset back in return. Now, could they have moved him potentially a while back, a year or so ago, potentially? And maybe you regret not doing that when you could have, and now you're in this position. But I think the only way out here, Dan, is for him to play well. Yeah. Like, you're getting an opportunity with Pedersen and Kuzmenko. Go and crush it. Yeah. Believe in yourself. Do something. Like, be an impact player for once. You know, and I know he has some talent, he's shown it, but go out there and show it. Go out there and do something. Because last year, especially for the first half of the season, just like everybody else, he was playing for himself. Mm-hmm. How many useless shots do you see him taking in the offensive zone? He does a little spin, yeah. goes and does his thing, and then a shot from the from the goal line, from the far boards, and it's like maybe one sneaks in out of 100, and then it stops the play because the goalie freezes it. I mean, how, how many times do you see that from him? Just right? like the uh, the 30-yard ambitious effort from a from a soccer player. <laughs> 100%. And I mean, how many times... <laughs> the low-percentage s- shot. Remember his first year when he was pissing off people? Yeah. The only time like he pissed somebody off last year was when Sir Gotchev punched him in the face and Bo Horvat didn't do anything. Maybe Bo was stunned. He finally pissed somebody off for once again. Yeah. You know, like, I, I don't know. Like, and we were all on, all on Bo for not doing something. He should have done something and he regretted it himself afterwards. But it's like, it was also notable because that was the first time in a long while... Garland got under anybody's skin. Yep. And I know it sucks sometimes. You come in somewhere, the team doesn't value you the same way, but you're playing 15 minutes a game. Well, yeah, the guy that traded for you uh, is immediately fired. Well, not immediately, but fired a few months into the season. The new regime is like, well, I don't know if this guy really fits what we want to be here. And that's kind of where Connor Garland has been. So in a little bit of fairness to him, you know, he's put up pretty much 50 points in each of his first two Canucks seasons. But we well, know- he has one year of hitting 50 points in his career. Yeah, uh, so he hit 52 with the Canucks in uh, his first year and then hit uh, 46 last year in, in 81 games. So just short of that. But listen, if you're in that ballpark, you're making $5 million a year and he's hit 50 points once. No wonder nobody's trading for you. Yes. Like, um, like well, you, got, you just got to be better. You know, that, that year he was traded as part of the OEL deal. He had a, uh, I think he was on a 65-ish points pace. He was playing great. He had 39 points in 49 in the games. 56-game season. Yeah, you know, so he, he, he was, a, you know, that, and when he signed the contract, it felt like a player that, you know, still had more to give, you know, that a player that could be at least a 60 point guy and could fit in really well here. It hasn't really worked that way ever since the new regime, the new front office has come in for the Vancouver Canucks. Now, this text uh, there's a couple of texts that I want to get to here from our, those that are listening live. Um, knowing he wants out, do you sit or play Garland, showcase him or send him to the press box? I don't think you really have much choice but to play him. No, you have no choice but to play him. Because a trade is not imminent and is likely not going to be imminent maybe until next summer. <laughs> you know, like For me, as much as this story came out today, like Connor Garland, and that's what makes this awkward, 
is Connor Garland's going to be a Canuck for the foreseeable future. Another text comes in. Wasn't Garland supposed to be Tockett's guy? And I, look, if you're looking for the glass half full take on this, Connor Garland plays better in, in Rick Tockett's system. Yeah. That's where he had his best season in the National Hockey League. That's where, you know, even at the start of his Canucks career, he was one of the best players to start that season under Travis Green. He came out of the gate firing, was scoring a little bit, doing a lot of good things in a more structured environment. So there's the glass half full take for you. A more structured environment. Rick Tockett's style. Rick Rick Tockett knows Garland, has gotten the best out of him before. He's going to do that again. That's the glass half full part of this. But there's always going to be... It doesn't feel like there's a way back from Garland eventually being moved before this contract is up. It's just a matter of when it's going to happen and how much the Canucks are willing to eat in order to facilitate the move from happening. Well, And, and the thing to keep in mind here is if you're eating money on a Connor Garland trade, then you're adding to the dead money you already have on the books on all of Reckner Larson's yeah. buyout. And I mean, and, and I mean, every single day that goes by, you look at that trade now, you get nauseous, right? Like with with how it's worked out, like it, it, it's going down as one of the worst trades, if not the worst trade in any in Canucks history, yeah. right? Because of like you gave up all those assets, it's you right have up nothing. there with Neely, <laughs> you have nothing to show for it. Yeah. Not only do you have nothing to show for it, you have a bunch of dead money to show for it. Yeah. You know, it's like somebody stealing your car and like living right next door to you, and you know you can't do anything about it. You just got to deal with it. And he uses your parking spot too. Yeah. It's like, what are you going to do about it? Well. What are you going to do about it? It is what it is. I Mm -hmm. made a bad trade. Like, you know, like it's, and now with Garland, that's why you can't just buy him out. And I think the best thing and that he needs to do too, if you want to keep getting, you know, actually playing is play well. And right now the best spot for him is to be on that third line. He's getting a chance with Pedersen and Kuzmenko, but we saw at the end of last year, like he was fine in a third line role. It's highly inefficient. I don't want to, I don't want to pay 5 million for a third line winger who can drive play, but that's what he's being utilized as here. Right. And I think you have to make the best of it because unless you can trade him for something that can help your team or for you to get some money off the books, I just don't see a way out here until maybe the last year of his contract. Yeah, I know a lot of people are making the uh, Columbus connection because um, the rumor came out today that Columbus has been fielding calls on some of their extra defensemen. They've got a ton of them and they've got a surplus of right shot defensemen. But what do we always say about right shot defensemen? They're quite valuable. So uh, even if you're not the biggest fan of Andrew Peak or Erica Branson, um, you know, there might be a situation out there where a team wants to trade for those players and they still have some level of value. Or it's a contract for contract type deal. And maybe you still have to retain a little bit on Garland to match the money a little bit. Both Peak and Good Branson have three years left, and yeah. I know it's been a conversation, but it's very unlikely to happen. It was just an easy reference point because of the news around Columbus today as well. Exactly. And I mean, those that's one of those things, like, would I consider that? I don't love it, but at least it's a righty defenseman, gives you a little bit of depth, and I can live with it, but I'm not retaining salary on top of that. Yeah. And you're giving up the better player. Because mm-hmm. Garland's still, and like, he's a net positive player. Like, he's not a net negative player through all, all this, and that's what makes he's it... He's just a poor fit on this team. Exactly, but that, that's what makes it hard for you to be like, let's just take a worse player back in return yeah. and pay him even more money. You're making it worse for yourself, almost. Unless you get to a point where it's untenable with the player. I don't yeah. know if you're, you're there, this doesn't look very good, but I think that's your concern. If you have an untenable situation, then, then it doesn't matter if he's the better player or not. We've been critical on Garland. A lot, like, I think the majority of text messages agree with us, but I think it's fair to 
provide the other point of view. And John says this. I think you guys are being too harsh with Connor Garland. He's always been a professional, and he's a battler who's been having to deal with trade rumors ever since signing a deal. Thanks, John. And and that's all fair. I don't think that's unfair. And perhaps, you know, sometimes I may get more frustrated with Garland's play than, than other times. But I do think at the end of the day, like we've been too soft on just letting people get away with like not letting people get away, but be like, well, you know, it, it's tough. It's not easy. It's like, yeah, it's not easy. We're getting paid a lot of money for it. Yeah. And, and the reality is it's a show me business. It's your third year here. If this was his first year, second year, OK, why? Whatever. But it's like at some point you got to show up at yeah. some point you got to put up and you got to prove people wrong sometimes. He's done it his whole career. Now that you've gotten paid, do it again. It's uh, it's similar to the Besser situation where you ask for the trade. Nothing happens. You go to your agent, help facilitate a trade. Still nothing happens. It can be very humbling for a player. Yeah. And to John's point with the text, Rick Tockett has had nothing but good things to say about Connor Garland all camp. He's mentioned how Connor earned the, the chance to play with Pedersen and, and Kuzmenko and how he's appreciated the yeah. way Connor Garland has played. You know, for the most part, Garland has kind of been the same guy from, from day one. It's just, you know, ebbs and flows of how much production is coming in and out for Connor Garland. But the reality is, if you're going to pay $5 million for a winger, you want that player to be a little bit more goal dangerous than Connor Garland has been in his Canucks career. And you'd like them to be a fit in your top six. And that really hasn't happened here for the Vancouver Canucks. Now, what happens from here? I mean, it's anybody's guess, but as I mentioned, Connor Garland's likely to be a Vancouver Canuck for a little while yet. It's Dan Richo and Satyar Shah. We'll uh, keep this conversation going. Erfan Gaffar is going to join us. Canucks insider, his take on Connor Garland, Elias Pettersson, and where the Canucks are headed this season. It's the eve of the Canucks opening up against the Edmonton Oilers for the third year running. We'll get into that as well. It's all coming up. Canucks Central. Discussing the biggest stories that matter to Vancouver sports fans. Halford and Bruff in the morning. Subscribe and download the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.